0: Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Book Wars pod. I'm Kate and I'm here with Chris and Kristen, and today we are talking about chapters 22 through the end of Catalyst by James Lucino. Yay! Um, I know. <laughs> uh, in which we learned a whole lot about geology.
1: So uh, much crystals.
2: So much science in this fucking book. S- survey mapping. Oh, and I have uh, like a stupid. Que- I have like a question about a plot point I didn't understand. <laughs> Okay. When we get into the pod. All right. Okay. Is it, is it timeline related? No, for once.
0: <laughs> for Do you want to know yes, how? I ol- want.
2: I want to know how old Haas is.
0: Oh, I thought you wanted to know like no. how old the Dunium was.
2: <laughs> no, I. It's, and maybe I didn't miss. Uh, I don't know. It's probably. It probably doesn't matter. But that's how my questions be.
0: No, it's all. It's all good. This is why you're on the pod. Um. All right. So before we get to your question. What are you drinking, Keeks? Um,
2: It's coming out in a couple weeks, but we were, me and Kate were just on the Rebels Rebels podcast the other day, and Yay. I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm drinking the same thing I was drinking then, because it's one of my faves, and I don't think I've had it on this podcast, um, but I'm having uh, the beer that Gigantic did specifically for Pride in June. Um, it's called the Sassy Pony Happy Pale. And I will definitely be taking a picture of it for the gram because it's really cute. It's got two ponies being sassy on it, Aww. and that's pretty um, great. <laughs> uh, she's a sassy pony, frisky and hop forward. Hold on for a ride around barrels of juicy citrus and tropical hop flavors. Um, so, and that's and that's gigantic. One of my uh, my favorite breweries in Portland. And then um, as a backup, I have uh, Super Fuzz uh, by Elysian, who is they are a brewery out of Seattle.
0: Nice. I'll we'll probably
2: I, talk more about it when I crack it, like I often do.
0: <laughs> I I don't know whether I'm just, like, not tapped into the DMV beer scene enough or whether it's just more specific to the Pacific Northwest, but I just love how, like, all these breweries do pride beer. Like, yeah, yes, well, give me gay beer. <laughs> you know what? I think
2: it, it actually might just be that because, like, as you said that, I'm literally drinking this out of a queer your beer DC Brow koozie. <laughs> so, I yeah. think they do some stuff for pride. I think you might just be missing it. <laughs> the- yeah, yeah, they did a. I think last year they did a. I didn't have it. DC Brown Washington Blade Pride Pills is what they did, according to this koozie. Oh, oh my jag- my beer also has a Prince quote on it: "A strong spirit transcends rules." That's beautiful. I... so good they do such a good job with their labels
0: see if it's dc brow though brewing the pride beer that's why i don't know about it because i hate dc brow anyway
2: oh yeah well i mean like the dc brow that's widely available isn't my favorite dc brow so I what do i know i've I i've
1: never had a dc brow that i liked it's gross it's just very hoppy it's like i can tell it's good beer it's, it's just super very bitter hoppy. it's yeah it's like me it's just a lot
0: <laughs> chris what are you drinking
1: uh i am drinking jasmine green tea and it's hot, but I'm gonna try not to slurp it, so I don't get shit.
0: Cause you slurp like a white guy. We've been over this.
1: <sighs> I will stop. I'll stop slurping. I'll just <laughs> sigh heavily into the microphone.
2: That's fine too. It's been a fucking other week. Every every week we get on and we go. It's been
0: a week.
1: Every week. It's every every week is still 2018.
0: Welcome to hell. All right. Um, I am. I <laughs> had this a few episodes ago. <laughs> I am drinking. <laughs> Uh, New Belgium Tartastic, Strawberry Lemon Ale. Now that Chris isn't really drinking that as much anymore, this is like, so the one I had a few episodes ago was the first one I had out of the pack. This is the second one. So I'm going to be drinking this beer for two months.
2: That's fine. You, uh, your, your non-tolerance makes me so jealous. I just went to Whole Foods and got this one beer and then I was like, I better also just get a six pack. (laughs)
0: We were, we were doing, as Keek said, we were recording um, Rebels Rebels pod um, yesterday, and I was drinking this thing that was, like, 5%, and I stood up after we were done recording, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> it was really pathetic. It's fine.
2: It's fine. I I appreciate it about you.
0: I thank you. I hope our listeners also appreciate it with my drunken screaming. Speaking of drunken screaming... uh Chris, you wanted to talk about Krennic. Actually, let, I think we all want to talk about Krennic. Let's talk about Krennic. Who does
2: not want to not talk, about, talk Krennic. about Krennic. I know. He was even more of a disaster by in this section than he was I, in the rest of the
0: book. I know. Well, he was a
1: disaster because he failed. Like the other, the rest of the book is him succeeding, and this is like the culmination of his plan, and he fucks it up.
0: Listen, at least he has yeah. a cape now. It's true. Yeah,
1: you know what? It's not a full admiral cape. It's That's never right. going to be a full admiral cape. <laughs>
2: He gets a new Lego, as Tarkin said. That's not what Tarkin said. Um, he kind of said Tarkin, that.
1: big fan of Legos.
0: Oh, <laughs> that'd be cute.
2: <laughs> it would be his one redeemable quality. I
1: know! Tarkin actually has the giant Lego Death Star
2: inside Aww, his office. Oh, he in loves the real it. Star.
0: Well, that'd be really cute. And now, no, See, he... I built it. To be fair... Ha ha ha! To be fair, his other redeeming qualities that like he's super gay, so you know whatever. Okay, but um, question: mm.
1: When the Death Star explodes, yeah, do the Lego does the Lego Death Star just come <laughs> apart into individual Legos, or do the Legos themselves come apart?
0: No. Why? Chris.
2: Why? Why did you turn it into? Why did you turn the big Death Star into a voodoo doll of the of the Lego Death Star? No, I'm um, it's it, no, it's not a no. voodoo doll.
1: It's just the no. little Death Stars on the big Death Star ergo Um, the little death star has to have also exploded
0: no 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 chris that's completely wrong because have you ever stepped on a lego yes indestructible
1: yeah it's a fair point it just
2: came apart i don't think it broke
1: yeah legos the cockroaches of the star wars galaxy
2: (laughs) (laughs) how did this get this off track so soon because it's us i know
1: I'm drinking something other than water. I'm wild and punchy keeks.
2: <laughs> oh, no. I was going to bring up another quote, though, and I'm forgetting what it is, but it's when um, uh, Krennic is thinking to himself, he's like, is my plan failing or did I trick myself or whatever? He, he like, said, like, and did I trick everybody else or did I trick myself? It's like, you're a dumb hoe. That's <laughs> what is going on. Oh, wait. I'll find the actual quote, please. No, and yeah, I know what you're podcast. talking about, though. <laughs> wait, sorry, you had
0: a question. Oh, yeah, we can do it later. Oh, That's okay. and keep going. My bad. All right, so, Krennic. Let us talk about him and not Legos.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, his whole thing throughout this book, and really throughout Rogue One, too, is that he's, he's the smartest guy in the room, right? Like, other people may be smarter, but he's actually the genius because he knows how to get what he wants out of the smart people. Like... You know, you've got your genius crystallographers and scientists, and you've got the military strategists, but Krennic is the one pulling the strings. At least that's his view of himself. But then he misreads pretty much everybody in this last bit of the book.
2: Yes. He literally says, had he been tricked or had he tricked himself? (laughs) Which... He doesn't say it, it's just internal monologue. But internal di- do you call it internal dialogue when you're talking to yourself?
1: No, it's still monologue.
0: Okay. Good talk,
2: thanks guys.
1: Because Hamlet monologues, even though he's talking to himself back and forth.
0: I'm sorry, I had a minute there because I not was not the, like-
1: the hamster. The <laughs> no, hamster. I was like does not I'm sure, monologue.
2: I'm sure he does. He thinks about corn.
1: The hamster holds a great conversation. Thank you very much. He
2: says, corn, corn. He says corn? corn,
1: and I say corn. Corn. <laughs> totally normal we're all fine here guys how are you
0: fuck
2: it's like i came here to do a podcast (laughs) we're talking about your fat son just leave it alone
0: i love him if you would like pictures of our fat son you can find them on our instagram anyway um
1: you can get more by giving us coffee
0: it's true we'll talk about that later but yeah no it's it's Krennic is just incredibly amusing because, for me, um, I've got Thrawn on the brain, of course, because um, Thrawn Alliance is is coming out imminently, and Krennic is just like such a shitty version of Thrawn. Like, he thinks he knows how to read people. Like, I I think we talked about this a little bit when we first started the book, and Krennic, you know, Lucino shows Krennic going through um, what he's thinking when Mm -hmm. he's talking to Masa Like, here are all of Masa tells, I can read them so well. Um, which is, I, I, which at the time I compared to, you know, th- that Thrawn style, um, putting together yeah, the jigsaw puzzle sort of thing. But he's so not that level and it just becomes really, really, really apparent here. You know, um, he, like, basically everyone beats him in his own game. Tarkin, like, in the middle of that, of the battle at Salient, it's like just like, Krennic put me up to this, didn't he? Eh, get to finish the battle and then just kick his ass anyway. <laughs> like, which is great. Okay.
2: Some of that was my question, but my mm-hmm. other question is less consequential. Um, did Krennic know when he sent Jin and her mom that those weren't real Kybers? Yes. Or did he actually want to know?
1: I well, that's actually a good I question. Don't, I, don't, I don't think he knew. I don't know that we know. Yeah, I. Yeah, I guess. I guess he couldn't have really known.
0: No, because well, like that, she I'm had like... to, because she had to tap the actual vein. Like she, like they didn't know where it was.
2: Right. Okay. So I know it's like it doesn't matter, but he was just like hoping it would be more Kybers because they're going to need more anyway.
0: Right. I think he was wondering since um they're on Alpin, right? Yeah. Um, which is a legacy world. I think they were. Wondering whether there was Kyber there to see if they wanted to, you know, come and the planet like they were doing with the other legacy worlds. Fuck it all up. Well, we know that he sent Lyra to
2: Lyra and the child. He says her name once. I know. By the way when he was threatening her. I um, know, of course. <laughs> it's So funny. Um, <laughs> they sent Al Alpin. Yeah,
0: that's Is that planet. the name of the world. Okay, great. Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, obviously, the real reason he sends them there is to get them the fuck away from Galen Mm -hmm. so that he can be crafty and shit. But right no, I I was just wondering about like if if he actually like wanted to know if there were (laughs) it was probably like two. He does a lot of like two birds with one stone stuff. Yeah. Probably like I want to know whether or not
0: there are actually Kybers there. And yeah, that's ex- also go away. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly exactly what I think. Like, you know, obviously, like fuck off. But also, if you just happen to find some kyber crystals here, that'd be great because they need them. Um. But yeah, uh, speaking of Lyra, uh, one of the one of the things I was most excited about, um, in terms of reading this book was to learn more about her because, obviously, at the beginning of Rogue one, she gets. Super frigged, but she seems like such a fucking badass because she is though. I know, I know. It's like ah, she's just so fucking awesome. She's you know she she has like she has a cool job like geological surveying for different planets is like not a thing we've really seen as a career in Star Wars before, and I've never really thought about it. But
2: it's awesome, and she seems like she knows how to do like everything. I know, honestly.
0: Right, like I think wasn't. Wasn't there, Chris, something in the book about how, like, they, like she and Galen went camping one time and, like, they got lost in the woods or whatever the fuck and she had to, like, feed him or whatever the hell because he didn't know what he was doing?
1: Yeah, it's like they were, like, on vacation skiing and he, like, broke his leg and she, like, carried him down the mountain or something. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Woman after my own heart. I um, mean, I just
1: like that we actually get characterization of her instead of, like, because, like, even though she dies in 10 seconds in Rogue One, there's never any indication that she was anything more than a housewife.
0: Right. I know. I'm like, she was a bad bitch. Yeah, totally. Um, And it's my favorite thing because, you know, as you were saying, Keeks, Krennic, when Krennic goes and threatens her and he's like, he thinks that that'll, I don't know, make her back down or whatever the hell. And it's hysterical because Krennic thinks he's like this like big, scary, like badass motherfucker. And Lyra's like, uh, no. And he just can't fathom her ever having that reaction, which is why he makes that serious miscalculation.
2: Like, seriously, him threatening her was the biggest mistake he could have made. Oh, hell yeah! Because that just, like, confirmed her... She was like, oh, if he's threatening me, then he's doing some shady-ass fucking shit.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't don't know. Like, I think it's probably one of those things where he knows that Galen's a genius, but he also, like, you know, if you dropped him on a screen in the middle of Coruscant, he would die. Um, And...
2: (laughs) You know, yeah, he but does not know how to drink water or eat vegetables. <laughs> right.
0: Um, but, you know, people get really hung up on the genius part, and Krennic certainly does, because that's the part that's useful to him. And then, you know, you've got Lyra, who's his wife, and she's obviously not a genius, but I think he just underestimates the fact that she is, she is also smart, <laughs> you know?
2: Like, really smart. Oh, yeah. She's not, she's not just, like, hot and good at everything.
0: Right. She, she's all those things, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah and like going back to tarkin like i it honestly it's so i love i love the characterization of how badly he fucked up with tarkin because like he did the thing so like you know like so i'm gonna i'm gonna relate this back to my life when oh you're God. when you're playing risk
2: chris oh God. and okay, keep, keep going
1: and you're halfway through the game And you betray your closest ally because they left their border undefended.
0: Chris, this is why literally no one- No, I have a point.
1: I have a point.
0: Okay, I just want to point out though, this is why literally no one, no one ever wants to play Risk with you ever again. Well,
1: it's beside the point. Anyway- I
0: thought it was quite relevant. So when you're like,
1: (laughs) you're you're like halfway through the game and you you betray your close ally because they trusted you and left their border undefended and then you fucked them over. Except the problem is- you don't quite knock them out. And then you have nobody left to team up with you. Nobody trusts you and even your like friend hates you.
2: Yeah, cuz you're a shithead, Chris. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and then Sorry, I'm trying to get a fly. It's a lot
0: wild of um, wildlife in the apartment. So much wilderness in the apartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we have a
1: couple baby fruit flies in here. But
0: Yeah, I've got a Anyway.
1: Um anyway, so uh but then you like try to like be like, "Hey, like I know I betrayed you last time, but, like, what if this time we for real, for real team up and, like, go for the joint victory? And then, like, you try to do it, and you convince yourself that you've got them convinced, and then they fuck you over because they don't believe you. Like, it's exactly like that. He had this, like, honestly, this very masterful play at Salient, right? And, like, Keeks, like, did you want to, like, kind of go over what happened there?
2: Oh, you mean, like...
1: At Salient? Just...
2: No, I'm bad at summarizing
0: plot.
1: Don't no, no, no. I mean, do you, you want me stories? to go over it for you?
0: Oh. Sure. Her question was about Alpin, not salient.
2: No,
1: I thought she said she also had one about Salian.
0: Oh, did you?
2: Oh. Sorry. Kind of. I don't remember what it was. It's fine.
1: Okay. If you remember, let me know. Yeah, but, I
2: will. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love how this is... I thought I was like, is Chris asking me to summarize something? Because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's not why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: but so you've got this really, really good play on Salient, where he perfectly reads Haas, and like knows exactly when Haas is going to turn against him. Perfectly reads Zerpin's reaction, and perfectly reads how Tarkin's going to react to it. Like it's actually, it's actually brilliant. Except the problem is, he does this, and it's not a master stroke. Like he does this 30 40% of the way through building the Death Star when he should know that he's going to have another 5 to 10 years of trying to get Tarkin off his back. And he pulls this play now and exhausts any chance he has of ever tricking Tarkin again.
0: Wait, I have what Tarkin ain't no fool, right? I okay, I have what might be an idiot question. Yeah.
2: So his oh, po- Do you want to am it to me and I'll ask so you don't have to feel stupid? <laughs> no.
0: No. It's fine. <laughs> so, obviously, Krennic gets Tarkin embroiled in this battle at Salient to get him out of the way. Yes. And to make him look like a fucking idiot. Yes. Um, and to waste some resources and blame it on him. Yes. Is there any chance he thought, like, what did he want to happen there? For him to, like, get demoted, permanently taken off the Death Star Project, get dead, like, what?
1: uh i think the goal was for tarkin to embarrass himself to the point where he would no longer be viable to manage the death star project got it but like
0: that's what i thought but it was just anyway like
1: the the logistics of his plan were perfect sure but he completely misinterpreted two things one tarkin's relationship with the emperor oh yeah because as we know from clone wars as we know from obviously a new hope and just the lead up to a new hope that how important a figure Tarkin is and we're gonna read in the Tarkin novel itself a little more too we know that Tarkin is like Vader's number one and Tarkin's number two
2: Besties. I'm so excited to read that book
1: it's good it's also Lucino. hey um
2: Ooh, is there a lot of science in it
1: uh there's a lot of military strategy
0: Ooh, Ooh. that's fun
1: like military tactics cool um but anyway so he he underestimates that which is understandable he doesn't have a personal relationship with the emperor the emperor is like kind of known to be creepy and standoffish like there's no real way for him to know that but the problem is it's not like the death star was almost done it's not like the death (laughs) star was like fully designed and like even close to being almost done
0: they have a dish
1: like he played (laughs) like
2: they like have a dish and a one fiftieth of the size of the the (laughs) weapon they're supposed to have
1: (laughs) and he plays his trump card way too early and now he has given tarkin plenty of time to redeem himself like tarkin's in no hurry he doesn't care like given tarkin no reason to trust him and indeed resources to use against him in that tarkin tries to turn haas against him and is just completely misreads Like, completely doesn't realize the fact that Tarkin will realize what's going on.
0: Again, because he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. And also, I think there's also the fact that, I think Krennic's one downfall is that he's so fucking impatient, and we see plenty of that in Rogue Mm -hmm. One, you Mm -hmm. know, and he just just can't help himself. He just, like, he just, you know, when it, uh, you know, when he thinks he's coming down the wire, he just, he just pushes people right up to that line. And, you know, we see that, you know, Tarkin, Tarkin figures him out. And now he's just like, all set up to just take him out. Like we see he, that he, he accomplishes that in Rogue One, um, you know, he pushes Lyra too far. He definitely pushes Galen too far. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy after like already planning this for like two years, the whole getting Galen to design the weapon coup like playing it for like two years before this and just screws this part up because he thinks he's close to the end when he's really not
0: i mean th- i mean th- it's great because you can look at your fucking window and see how close you are to the end you know <laughs> like what are I you know. doing bro <laughs> it's also
1: like very like it's it's indicative of what we see from him in rogue one too like obviously like this is a prequel to rogue one it takes place oh uh, 19 odd years 20 odd years before rogue one by the end of the book
0: by the end of the book uh, no no no, no that's not right the not the end
1: of the book by uh by the end of the book it's like
0: jen's like five 18 odd
1: years yeah so like 18 odd years by the end of the book she's 23 ostensibly in rogue one
0: Oh, yeah, math. Okay, got it. Go on.
1: Thank Um, you for
2: mathing for us.
1: uh, Yeah, of course. Um, Oh, so, like, obviously, it's a prequel to Rogue (laughs) One, but you see the same mistakes that Krennic makes in Rogue One, where he just overreaches. Like, he has everything planned out meticulously, except he forgets the part where he needs to get people to believe him, and he (laughs) needs to get people to do what he wants them to do. Because, like, in Rogue One... He completely misreads Galen and, like, is so convinced that he's won, that he's broken Galen. He can't imagine a scenario in which shooting Galen's wife and separating him from his daughter who may or may not be alive could possibly backfire on him.
0: <laughs> just small things.
1: Just And also, you know, on a somewhat smaller scale, but with just as big consequences, he misreads the Emperor and Vader, too. Because he goes into that meeting with... Well, he goes into the test run over Jeddah and into his meeting with Darth Vader. Oh my god. Thinking that he matters. And he really doesn't matter.
0: So speak to the Emperor for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I know. He thinks the Emperor cares. One would have hoped that the Emperor could have been here for this demonstration.
0: Emperor, don't give a fuck about you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Just to back up just a smidgen, you know you saying that what could possibly go wrong when Krennic does all those horrible things in the prologue for Rogue One mm-hmm. that Galen would hate his fucking guts. The other thing is that, like, and he he does this even in Catalyst, he, he just, like, underestimates how much Galen cares about his family. You Absolutely. Know? Like, that's, you know, he sees Galen as being super obsessed with the science, his research, whatever the hell, and he forgets that, like, No, he's married, and he has a kid, and he's married because he chose to be married, and he has a kid because he chose to have a kid. Like, come on, man.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) I mean, one could read- What
2: does he say
0: about when,
2: uh, isn't it in this part where they're like, can you imagine if you had a kid?
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) in this part? (laughs) I know, I mean- doesn't he, isn't he basically like, can you imagine me with a kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, no, I can't actually.
1: I mean, it kind of goes hard into, no. it kind of goes into the, the whole disaster by reading of Krennic, right? Oh because like this whole book, he's very clear. And I think explicitly says at one point that he considers Lyra a rival. Yes. For Galen's attention. Yes. And Galen doesn't show him any love.
0: And no. just like
1: his relationship <laughs> with Galen is purely work focused. So I, I don't think he's capable of imagining that Galen is—I I don't think he can imagine that Galen is capable of giving somebody else more than he's given him.
0: Oh, Krennic! <sighs> it's so true, though. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you, you, Chris, you have in the outline like his sense of ego and doesn't—it's everything comes back to him. Yeah, he thinks he's the center of everything. And, you know, in some ways that's given him a lot of abilities that have gotten him this far in life and get him as far as he is in Rogue One where he's still, you know, booping around with the Death Star, but it's not, it's not just going to work all the time, dude.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a reading of his story and a a point of view of his story where it's a Greek tragedy. There's no question.
2: Ooh. Where he's
1: like the hero of his own story and he just can't get out of his own way.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, and like all of us reading this, because we watch Star Wars, right? We know all this other information. We're like, little do you even know, dude? There are gonna be so many other Death Stars. This isn't even that big of a deal. Nope.
1: Like nobody <laughs> even knew. Nobody even knew about you in the entire Galactic Civil War. You were Your name wasn't mentioned.
0: And you know, I I've got to wonder too. Again, I have I have Thrawn on the brain. Um, Thrawn's you know tie defender project was another one that was competing with Krennic's Death Star project. Obviously, like mm-hmm. I wonder if we're gonna get a little bit of that at some point. Like, did they ever meet? Like, how big was this rivalry really? Besides, you know, competing ideas for how to move the war forward.
1: God, can you imagine how much how. Just little respect Thrawn would have had for Orson Krennic had he met him in person.
0: I just want that scene so I can savor oh it. I know. Give it to us. <laughs> no. Um. Like, Krennic <laughs> would
1: have tried to, like, pull the charm on him, and Thrawn would have been like, interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, geeks. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I didn't expect to get any war talk in this book. Like, war, like, battle talk. <laughs> but we got some. Because there was that whole saw being Saul, Here's a saw plan.
0: Yeah. Uh actually, that's that's actually really great to bring up because I don't think we've we have. I mean, we haven't. He, he's not in this book for, for a huge chunk of time, but he's definitely worth talking about just because he's such a through line at this point in all of Star yeah. Wars media. Definitely. And like, he's
2: super important because Krennic was super right, but he just like didn't think that there would be a saw otherwise he would have been 100 percent spot on like haas would have came and gotten them if he didn't have someone else to do that you're so I, mean, right. I don't think he would have because they're he's not stupid like they would have done something else but like you know when when that happened we were all thinking while we were reading really we were like oh my god is he going back oh my god is he going back for them what's going on what's going on and then you were like oh duh. So, well like you think of that first because we know how this book ends but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's like a really interesting wrinkle
0: yeah absolutely and i mean i think um at different times both target and krennic say it but we've seen this line of thinking um in imperial leadership before they just don't understand the rebellion at any point in it they just don't understand why people would ever do this like they just uh, the empire is so full of you know rank and social climbers that they just can't imagine people doing things selflessly, you know, at least in terms of imperial leadership.
2: Totally. And Chris, to your point, um, sorry, this is kind of a non sequitur, but, um, I'm just now flashing back when you say that it's like a Greek tragedy in a way, that he's a Greek hero in a way. I'm just thinking about him. We get like the super predictable, I was sitting six rows back in the beginning. Yep. And now <laughs> I'm very important, um, very predictable, like self, self-reflection self from Krennic. And you're just like, God, you're such a hot mess, Krennic.
1: <laughs> Can Lin-Manuel write... A musical about the rise and fall of Orson Krennic.
2: Oh my god! Oh my god! It'd be so good. He would do it too. Yeah. He, he cared enough about Star Wars. He totally yeah. would. No, he cares about Star Wars. I know he cares about Star Wars. Does he like read the novels?
1: He composed for Force Awakens.
0: Oh. He did I the Cantina know, song. I didn't
1: realize that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Dope. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, Linnet Wells and the Star Wars no. canon.
0: Yeah, if you, actually, it's him singing it too, isn't it? I
1: think it, it sounds oh like him. I've never seen that officially, but it sounds like it. It
0: sounds like him.
2: We can say it's him, it's
0: fine. When they get to Moz's castle, just like listen really hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, speaking of queer.
2: <laughs> Literally, finally.
0: <laughs> uh, So we've got Tarkin versus Krennic, and I've just, I've been waiting, I've been waiting to, to... To talk to talk about this. Um, we've already broken this down a little bit, but I just they're they're so similar, um, in their perceived you know ruthlessness and how far they're willing to go, you know, to be at the top or to remain at the top, I guess, in, in Tarkin's case. Um, and they're both super scheming old white men who just you know all of these things. Um, I think. My first question was, like, who, which which of them is the better operative, I get in, in that sense, in terms mm-hmm. of planning. Um, We've talked a little bit about it, how Tarkin figure, figures out Krennic's plan, and obviously he's the one who ultimately wins, but he still lets himself get caught up in the Battle of Salient, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he still definitely fell into the yeah. bear trap for a little bit.
2: Oh my god, it was so funny when he was on the comm with Masameda. is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I did it. Um when he was on the comp with Mouse trying to act like the fucking ship wasn't getting bombed the shit out of him. Yeah. That was And he's like, I'm gonna go take this from a terminal and then he like shoves his feet underneath and he's like, Everything's
0: fine <laughs>
1: That was, I think, I like. I don't think I completely got that the first time I read I this book, and it oh was so funny. It was so, so
0: funny. fucking funny. It was the ser- I re- also really love the being like, um, I'm sorry, you're breaking up on me. Can I hang up or like, can I call you back later? And Targan's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, he, well no, he was like, I've got other shit to do. And then like at the end, Targan turns that around and uses that on him, and it's so funny. It's so good. It's so
0: good. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. I know, no, my he's, he's just so like the pettiness the, is on another level, and it's really, oh, really yeah. amazing. Um,
1: this is why Tarkin and Vader are made for each other; they're it's true perfect partners.
2: Oh, it's
0: true, so, so true. <laughs> um, I guess what I will say in terms of um, Tarkin and Krennic's um, scheming styles is that I feel like Tarkin learns from his mistakes more than Krennic does because yeah um you know like we were just saying we see krennic literally make the same mistakes in rogue one as he does in catalyst you know just all of it all of it
1: yeah no that's uh, that's ac- exactly what i was gonna say mm-hmm. like i i think to your question who's the better operative it's got to be tarkin because krennic like tarkin loses sometimes like he lost at salient. he like he wanted salient but he lost at salient mm-hmm. he got played but he's not gonna make the same mistake twice Whereas Krennic knows that he's lost Galen, goes to Galen's. Somehow, convinces himself that he has reconvinced Galen, even though Galen is basically like, "We know you killed people." (laughs) Has like convinces himself Galen's fine, and then like doesn't lock down the facility.
2: Uh, Yeah, I was. That's so funny, Chris. That was the exact thing I was gonna say. I was gonna say. T- definitely Tarkin because Tarkin learns from his mistakes and grows from his mistakes. And like, not only like learns from his mistakes, well, that's like a, a broad thing, but I'm going to say like, not only commits to not making the same mistake again, but like grows in like this very interesting Thrawn like way when he makes a mistake. Totally. He, oh, like absolutely. Tries to avoid the situation again or, so- you know, something like that. Whereas like Krennic is like, if I push harder, and do a thing with a hammer more hammer more better (laughs) and you're like no there's you you, there's no more wall left you can't you just the hammer's too heavy you just fell down yeah
0: actually now that you say that that's really interesting to me because we know of course that krennic's background is being an engineer and tarkin's background is being a soldier like i wonder if Krennic's a little bit more used to brute-forcing his problems, like, actually in his work, whereas Tarkin has actually been trained to, you know, observe patterns and things like that.
1: Krennic works harder, Tarkin works smarter.
0: Yeah! Yep. I think that's a great way to put it.
2: Which is weird, to Kate's point. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But,
0: here we are. Um, And then my second question, um, in in talking about our, our... old man space queers. Um, I guess we talked, again, we talked about this, like what, what can we attribute Tarkin's disgust to what we just said? Um, But given, you know, how, how much better Tarkin is at like these sorts of things, like what leads to his failure? Because he, he got super blown up. Um, and do you see any parallels between what happens there and credits downfall?
1: It's, It's funny because when I read this note on the outline, I like, I started thinking about it and it really doesn't, to me, it doesn't mirror Krennic at all. Like it's almost the exact opposite because Tarkin did continue to learn and did continue to, he succeeded in getting the Death Star built. He got first got a name out of Princess Leia of where the base was. And even though she lied, like blew up Alderaan anyway, because he knew she was lying set up a plan with Vader to follow her to Yavin. And then, like, basically was 30 seconds away, or 10 seconds away from, like, completely winning. And, (laughs) like, because what undid Krennic is Krennic got dumb. Like, as we've talked about, like, Krennic got impatient, and Krennic thought he was the smartest person in the room when he wasn't. Whereas Tarkin is always calculating. And he's, like, he's calculating odds, he's anticipating moves, and he's, like, if I do this, this, and this then that puts me in the best position to win and he did that up until the moment he died
0: but was he also but was he not also a victim of his own hubris like his 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 assistant asked him if he wanted to evacuate and he's like in our moment of triumph uh no
1: that's true but it was like but i mean when you think about the shot he's he says i think you overestimate their chances and their chances really weren't good like i mean he he did not anticipate the force He did not anticipate the force being with Luke, which is something that happens to Thrawn too. Like
2: he didn't anticipate the force. And because of all the shit that happens and happened in rogue one, they don't know the, the fallibility of the exhaust port. (laughs) Like obviously that's not, they were not counting on that.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's very, very true. And,
1: and if we're, Assuming that that scene, that that small conversation that Tarkin has with his, you know, lieutenant or whoever. Uh, if if we're assuming all he's heard about this flaw is there is a danger. Like, I, I also think there's a difference between knowing there is a danger and knowing one hit blows up the entire damn battle station.
2: <laughs> yes. It, it, right. Because I think, like, even if they know there is a danger, they're not like, there is a danger that is going to... In, there, there is not a, a danger that's going to Adam us, yeah. right? Sure, there couldn't be.
0: I guess I am a little bit comparing Tarkin unfairly to like him being actually like a guy with his own like interesting. Um, I don't want to say moral compass, but he's got he's got his, he's got his values <laughs> in terms of uh, being a military guy. You know what he like? You know you go down with your ship anyway. I feel like you would have stayed regardless. Versus. You know, we've we got The Force Awakens with Circular Base blowing up. And, like, Hux left, like, three hours before they even blew that thing up, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know that Tarkin would go down with the ship. Sorry? I said I don't know that Tarkin would go down with the ship. Yeah? Like, Expound. I mean... Uh Well, I'm, I'm just, like... I just think that he's too, like, strategic to do that. Like, I think mm. he would think to himself... And, like, he's... We just talked about his loyal. I mean, like obviously he does go down with the ship, but that's t- incidental a different thing. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. But um, like he's so close to the emperor, and he's so like is an empire believer through and through that I feel like he would just take all of the information in a given moment and be like, "What is most beneficial." And it's never going to be going down with the ship.
1: Yeah, I agree with Keeks, especially because we have already seen him evacuate a flagship when it is about to explode in it- rebels.
2: Oh, yeah, you- oh, I t- totally forgotten about that. I didn't even, th- I didn't even remember that. But and- thank you for using, bringing textual. Uh, cartoony evidence yes. to my to, to my point. Oh, I just cracked the Elysian. It says, Gronk this. What yeah. if the world were an orange, a blood orange, with hop cones orbiting around it and it's all like an atom? And then it just says, ale brewed with blood orange. It's got like a hippie nice. vibe. It's got like a dude with a an afro because it's called Super Fuzz. That's nice. incredible. Anyway.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. Give that textual evidence. Yes. Okay. I changed my answer. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no, but I think it's fair. I think it's a fair question, or like, like I think it's a fair thought.
2: I
0: like. I'm glad we thought through it. Yeah, yeah. I like. Okay, honor. The word I was looking for was honor. Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh fuck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he at, and we don't really know this because, like, in the, we don't really know when he switches to Moth and and Grand Moth, um, because like, doesn't he say in like one of the earlier chapters that he prefers. Whatever his military rank is,
0: he first governor. Well, that's... so he Chris Chris has had to explain this to me ten times, so I'm gonna let him oh, do it. No, 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 I can no, actually no, 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 it's it's a
1: good question because it's confusing as fuck, and I didn't understand it until I read Tarkin. Um, he originally got his start as governor of his home planet. Right. Then during the war, obviously, he joins the military, gets all the way up to commander, and then whatever he is when he's talking to krennic and like i guess he must have been higher than commander i don't remember what he was i'll, during
2: I'll the war. look it up Keep but going. whatever
1: he was during the war that's when krennic says you have so many titles now what do i call you and tarkin was like i still prefer governor because that was his first title um after the war is when the emperor creates the moths and tarkin becomes a moth and then the minorist spoiler
0: you you mean the clone wars you should
1: yes Sorry, at the bye. end of the clone wars uh, is what once once the empire is created, the emperor creates moths, and Tarkin is promoted to moth, and then the the tiniest spoiler from Tarkin at the end of Tarkin, he gets promoted to Grand
2: Moff.
0: Okay, I figured as much. Oh,
2: okay. Well, yeah, we know he's Grand moth at some point, so uh.
0: right. But I mean, I mean, it all makes sense though, because like they they had to they had to figure out a reason why Leia called him Governor Tarkin when she first saw him. So yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> they had to figure out some sort of reason besides. George Lucas's script was weird.
0: I know. <laughs> but yeah.
1: It's like it's like how in Bloodline, Leia's like, I remember mocking Tarkin's accent. And it's like, yes, because Carrie Fisher didn't know what her accent was supposed to do in that scene. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Poor Carrie. She was 19 and oh. having a hard time. Oh, I don't blame Carrie. No, no, no. I know, but still.
2: <clears throat> never blame Carrie. Oh, God, no. Obviously, um, like, none of us on this pod ever. Oh, uh, but- He was an admiral. Admiral, thank you. Ah. Excuse me for asking, but are you now addressed as Admiral Governor or Moff?
1: Yes. Oh, that's interesting that he said Moff. Because wasn't that before the war
2: ended? I don't fucking know.
0: No. Or was it after the war ended? It was... After, I think they've talked oh, several here. times.
2: It's, it literally says it right after the quote. I'll keep reading. <laughs> um, Tarkin had been promoted to admiral before the end of the war, but Moff was a new order of rank conferred by the Emperor on a dozen or so of his most highly valued officers and regional commanders.
0: Wait, so then... Sorry. So Tarkin's in the Imperial Navy, but Moff is a title outside of anything. It's just like a Correct. title of... Favor bestowed by the Emperor, basically. Correct. Okay. Got it.
1: I mean, I think... I I believe it does confer military rank.
0: Yeah, but like... But it's
1: like, it's like a weird parallel structure, is my understanding.
0: Okay. I was just asking because I was like... I thought... Because, like, I was... There's a difference, though, between Navy versus ground forces. And so, like... Was yeah, like? it's not
1: like Moff is army.
0: Okay, great.
2: Yeah, it was literally just like Palpatine was like, And you and you and not you fuck yeah. you and you i think it's i think it's moff.
1: i think it's like a situation yeah. where like navy you work your way up you get a fleet you know, et, cetera, et cetera, and moff is kind of just like everything the light touches in this sector is yours
0: got it <laughs>
2: thank you for that lion king quote it's very helpful yep. I, that actually was very helpful yeah thank i'm you. here for you <laughs> seriously <sighs> oh this podcast i love you guys oh <laughs> we have so much fun Yay. i'm having beer all
1: right so one more thing i want to talk about this episode is keeks's favorite topic i want to talk timelines
2: <laughs> he wants to talk about how old he is oh my god it's chris's birthday it's not it's not it's not, not, not his birthday. birthday
1: it's not it's not chris's birthday <laughs> it's like halfway between chris's birthday and kate's birthday
2: oh yeah it's almost kate's birthday <laughs> Yay, I hate my birthday. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It's okay. The podcast loves your birthday. We do.
1: It's true. Um, Anyway, so timeline on this. It's just really interesting to me to think about because the time frame where we see Saw and Haas with their rebellion on salient is, we don't have exact dates on this, but it's if you look at that and you look back at Ahsoka, it's right around the same time that Ahsoka is on Rada. Is it? Yeah, because they're both about a year after the Empire begins.
0: Was Jin really born that. No. Because yeah, because Jin was born during the Clone Wars. I know she was, but the Clone Wars are only three years and Jin's five. We know she's five. This is making my brain. Hurt. So.
1: I think this is one of those areas where the continuity isn't perfect because there actually is (laughs) disagreement between two different sources of whether Jin is 23 or 21 when Rogue One
0: happens. (sighs) It's fine. I'm just mad about it. Go on.
1: Yeah, this is one of the like this and last shot. There's like a little bit of continuity disagreement. Well, all right. Because of vague timelines. Go
0: on, assuming that you're at least they're like appropriately vague in last shot. It's true. Wait, so what context clues are that it's a year, though?
1: Well, Ahsoka, in Ahsoka, it says it's a year.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And in this, I want to say it says it's around a year, too. Like, at some point. Like, it says, like, there's, like, kind of that time jump between the end of that, like, part where, uh, like, we have the scene where, like, is like, these are lightsaber crystals. And then, like, the next part where, like, Haas is, like, doing the work for Matisse and, like, going to all the legacy worlds and stuff. And it's, like, several months, almost a year had passed.
0: It's, no, this has to be, this has, no, this book has to end more than a year after the Clone Wars because the war, the war ends when they're on LeCory. Yeah. Jin's not four. She's, like, three.
2: On the quarry, you mean? Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to keep my No, up you
1: them. know what? You're right. I know. It has to be two years because I I, <laughs> I, 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 keep thinking that, that, like, these are Jedi lightsaber crystals is right after the Clone Wars, but it's not. It's, like, a year after.
0: They had to take time to, like, pop over to all those worlds, find the lightsabers, and then, like, sp- spring them open or whatever the hell. I mean they have it's plenty of lightsabers like from
1: the temple. Shh. But however, that's fine. However, Is the, it fine? The the point still stands. It may not be the exact time. Pop-overs. The exact same time as Ahsoka, <laughs> but it is a very similar time. Like
0: It's a whole year after whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, that's Matt the,
1: Martin would be so mad at you.
2: Time is a fucking flat circle and also like things very much accordion in Star Wars time. I had beer.
1: Yeah as as a quick sidebar if anybody is really interested in the timeline stuff um matt martin at missing words on twitter uh, is a member of the lucasfilm story group and he will if you if you ask him questions he will talk a lot about some of the decisions that go into like why the timeline is the way it is why things are vague um and the reasoning behind that so would recommend giving him a follow
0: also the chris just at me next time okay (laughs) Of Matt, Matt Martin is also the namesake of Mart Mattin on Rebels. Sure is,
1: <laughs> sure is.
2: Oh my god, that's really cute. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's so cute.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but anyway, we we have these these seeds of rebellion. To that's a that's a Rebels title, right?
0: No. Oh, for oh, I thought it was. Is it not? Hold on, I'll no. Look.
1: What's the Rebels title?
0: I don't know, but it's not that. There's like
1: a something of Rebellion. Spark
0: of Rebellion. Spark
1: of Rebellion, thank Jesus. you. Jesus. Fuck. Fine. There's this Spark of Rebellion.
0: How how bright am I on this oh, podcast?
2: Seeds of Rebellion is a uh, f- fuck shit um, Legends book, I think.
0: That's okay, not what- that's
1: totally not where I got it. So I'm not even going to that. That's fine. Saying.
2: I'm just telling you. That
0: sh- Chris, she's telling you that you're wrong.
1: Yeah, I know want to say it again kate uh, you're wrong yeah there you go and also Wait,
0: it's not it's
2: not even a fuck shit rebels book i just assumed when i clicked on the uh the fandom wiki that it would be that no it's just some other thing sorry wrong again <laughs> me and chris the whites are wrong again <laughs> you may
0: continue christopher hmm
1: anyway <laughs> you have these seeds and or sparks of rebellion, of
0: course. That's how you make fire, and that's bad. Yeah. Okay, go on. You,
1: yeah, you, you know what happens? Fire. Fire oh of rebellion.
0: God,
2: I love Sprax of rebellion. Um,
1: but <laughs> you do see that, like, obviously, the rebellion is the leadership overall of the alliance is somewhat centralized. You have Bail, you have Mon Mothma, um, you have kind of the High Council that we see in Rogue One, but there is genuine, like. There is unrest. Like this is something we saw a little bit of in A New Dawn. Uh, this is something we've seen a little bit of in Thrawn with someone like Night Swan.
0: I mean, you sure see it in Ahsoka.
1: You see it in Ahsoka, you see it in Rebels, obviously, mm-hmm. on Lothal. Like these seeds of rebellion, you know, they they do crop up naturally, and like they're
0: Chris, you owe me money now every time you say Seeds of Rebellion. Nope,
1: I do not. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, they're somewhat, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like supported, I guess they're somewhat supported by, you know, people like saw or people like Bail Organa or people like Leia. when we get to reading Princess of Alderaan in a little bit. Um, but this is, you know, we're one to two years. After the Empire started, people are. It's two. <laughs> In Ahsoka, it's one. People are seeing We're talking it's one
0: point five. We're years. talking about okay, keep going. We're talking about Catalyst, Chris, but go on.
1: <laughs> people are seeing what the Empire is capable of, and they're seeing what life is like under this totalitarian regime. And there's discontent, and it's just interesting to see. This wider, you know, we talk all the time about wider views of the galaxy. This is a wider view of how something like the Rebellion gets started.
0: Yep. And Saw Guerrera is everywhere. <laughs> he is a badass mofo. Yeah, oh,
1: can we talk more about Saw next episode, too?
0: We can talk more about him Absolutely. now. Absolutely.
1: We can talk, I don't, I don't have a ton to say about him. So it's just but do it now. I, you know, we've talked and actually gone back and issued an apology of sorts over our thinking about saw and rebel rising and our description of him as a terrorist and really lucasfilm's description of him as a terrorist in many media and whether it's in rebels or in rogue one or in rebel rising really but
0: yeah if you are interested more in that conversation about how uh lucasfilm almost decided to characterize saw guerrera as an angry black band please go back to bonus episode i don't remember it was the first one it first was the
1: first... B- first bonus episode
0: yeah i think it, oh i think it was because we were
2: like uh, we need to go back and readdress some things that we were shitty about. Yes,
0: we, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> we were super racist, yeah. uh, and we. Well, I mean,
1: his coding is racist. Well, like,
0: yeah, but we went along with it. We did
1: Correct, But we did
2: not call out the racist
1: code. Absolutely, anyway, absolutely. But, um, yes. however, point being, this book is more so since the Clone Wars, we get a view of saw the freedom fighter, not saw the terrorist. Mm, like we yeah. get the view of saw the idealist who you know i think in his head is very take no prisoners do what needs to be done but has not quite graduated to the level of taking the fight to them in as extreme ways as we see from him later
0: right right and f- we get the sorry you go go ahead kate you, no
2: no 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 no, 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 no <laughs> i just had a small tidbit i was gonna say we get the saw that is like We need a plan B uh, rather than the saw that's just like, fuck it, we're just going to blow it up anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead, Kate.
0: He just feels younger in this book, too. Absolutely. He just feels happier? At least more optimistic, anyway.
1: Well, this would have been only three, four years after we see him in the Clone Wars. So he's still, he's probably mid-20s at this point.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, he's a
1: young guy here.
0: Oh, man. Does he have, like, the white-gray
2: stripe in his hair when he's a a kid, when we meet him for the first time? It's blonde. That's what I thought. Okay, but it's white-gray here, right? Yeah, I
1: think it's characterized as being white-gray here. No.
0: Or whatever.
2: I think it is. It it, it wasn't blonde. It was a different
0: color. He says specifically a light-colored streak. Light-colored, okay. A light-colored, okay. Yeah, So it's probably turning. Hey, Chris, guess what?
1: I'm wrong and or eat your ass.
0: Correct. <laughs> oh, so good. um That's a good guesser. I also
1: love, we also get, like, the friendlier side of Saw. Because, like, on Coruscant, like, he's not, like, he's described as a big dude. But he's not described as imposing. He's described as, he has a nice presence about him. Uh, Lyra says the code word of, like, are you from Onderon? And he's like, Onderon it is. Let's go escape. Like, <laughs> he obviously gets along with Jin like, very well. That
0: was sweet. Yeah,
1: like, he's a very good paternal figure soft boy exactly
0: and we'll we'll talk more about um songkin's relationship next episode but yeah yeah totally so it's and probably
2: soft boys because we didn't talk that much about how galen's sort of redemption arc
1: yeah absolutely
0: Ooh yeah yeah Um, put that on the outline right fucking now dude as chris talks
1: (laughs) um but yeah and so it's just it's interesting you know one from a different writer's paying attention to different aspects of his character mm. view but also just from a timeline view of he's as very much as you said kate he's very clearly a younger saw and we get kind of that missing piece of development between clone wars and rebel rising that we've been talking about
0: yes
2: boom
1: cool well a, i think i dropped the a mic point, there Dad. yeah so let's wrap Sorry. it
2: up oh my gosh
1: um, for our next episode, oh, can
2: I do a, can I do a blurb? Oh please one one more blurb about uh, even though now it's like the third fucking time I'm doing it somewhere. Um, we've actually like established, we've done more than the pilot episode in that uh, Brian has now done the second blog where he is actually brewing the beer that we talked about on the pilot episode of Tashi Station Brew House. Um, and now you can find us on Twitter at TS it's all spelled normal. Um, you should follow us. Yeah. Spread the word. Tell people to drink beer if they like it, etc., <laughs> etc. Et but um, but yeah, check us out. We're probably going to be it's uh going to be a twice a month blog and then a once a month podcast. So
0: yes, spread. Check us out. It it's fun. Spreading. We're having fun. <laughs> Spreading. Beer and joy and bisexuality all across the galaxy. Also, I know. Also, um, <laughs> Keeks, is, Keeks is running the Twitter, which should be a real treat. So we all should definitely follow that shit. Yeah, if
1: you want to learn to become fluent in Keeks, this is a great learning oh opportunity.
2: My Pre-apologies, I already had to like edit something that I respond, like not really edit, but like I typed it out and I was like, I'm gonna have to like turn that thing on on Tweet Deck where it's like, do you really want to tweet this so that I like reread them to make sure that they like sound English-like. if it- Just think,
1: you don't even need to pay for Rosetta Stone.
2: Oh my god. So, <laughs> for those of y'all who... But thank you. Thank you guys for l- letting me plug and all that stuff. Duh,
0: we're so proud of you. Um, for those of y'all who are might be a little newer to the podcast, Keeks kind of has her own language. Um, if you've never followed her on twitter before or anything um her her claim to fame right now is one time she scared living christ out of chuck wendig because she sent him um
2: a tweet that was basically
0: about that. Uh, how could you forget i'm never oh, gonna because, forget
2: um because i i i disassociate <laughs> because of the things that are wrong with my brain oh my god
0: um but i'll go through it in therapy later it's fine oh my god um but yeah no she sent him a tweet that made perfect sense to me because i've talk to keeks literally every second of every day um but it sounds like gibberish probably to the average person and chuck i i'm pretty sure chuck's response was just all he said was what yeah (laughs) i
2: really did i think i scared him
0: yeah maybe it's maybe a little (laughs) anyway anyway
1: do listen to the tasha station brew house it's a lot of fun um And also part of our great network of shows on Touch Station Radio.
0: Yes, and in light of uh, what all dumpster fire garbage shit has been happening in the fandom because Rebel Force Radio is awful, 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 and has rallied a lot of terrible people around them. If you would instead like to support a podcast network that uh, raises up diverse voices, um, cares about representation um, and intersectional feminism and all kinds of good things that make us all make life more Hopefully equitable and nice. Please do check out the sister shows on our network.
2: Absolutely. Oh, I found the tweet. <laughs> oh, God, it was me trying to be good about this podcast and tweet at him about things we said. I know.
1: I know. We know it was geeks.
2: We said, hey, at Chuck Wendig. We are fucking on one on this at bookworm spot episode aftermath wrap, but if you're gonna do a listen, it comes out 417, and we yell many questions about good stuff at you. What is so hard to understand about that? <laughs> Hashtag Star Wars. <laughs> His response was literally what?
0: <laughs> Amazing. I love you so much.
2: Oh, uh, it's just who I am as a person, okay? Yep. <laughs> and that's
0: why we love you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for. Uh, everything always okay dad do the outro now so yes. that i don't start crying about how much i love the podcast
1: <laughs> oh. yes uh our next episode we're going to be wrapping up uh catalyst by james lucino as always with our wrap-up show uh our also our next book so you can get ready and uh, buy it or get it from the library it's going to be last shot by Dana jose alder
2: so excited yeah this one Woo. just
1: came out back in march i want to say before the solo movie came out it is a ton of fun. It is already one of my favorite books in the canon, um, and I can't wait
2: to read it for the pod. And Keeks, you listen to the audiobook? For once, I've actually read it. Yeah! So I audiobooked it. Keeks, um, maybe your review will be out by the time we start like show. Maybe I'll edit it and it'll be out. Um, No, but it'll be great. I'm very excited. I can't wait to talk to Kate about I'm this. Pumped. Oh, yeah.
1: No, Kate's going to love I mean,
2: this book. I I guess also Chris, but... <laughs>
1: Um anyway. I'd love
2: you. <laughs> That's
1: okay. In the meantime, hit us up as always on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at bookhorsepod Pod. BookWorstPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And we have a very special offer for you all starting this week. As you know, we need people to rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tasha Station Radio Mega Feed on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. But especially iTunes. And As I said, starting this week, we want to incentivize you, our loyal listeners, to rate and review us on iTunes and help other people discover the show. As of recording, we have 14 reviews on iTunes and- Reviews and ratings. Sorry, 14 ratings on iTunes, but only three written reviews. What we want from you is if you haven't rated and reviewed us, do that. And write a written review, just a sentence or two, and send us a screenshot to, well, A, like. make sure we know who it is in the review, because you can put your name or your handle, and also send us a screenshot on Twitter, at bookwarspod. Uh, so you can send, you can dive into our mentions, you can DM us, whatever. If you've already written a review, or if you already rated us but haven't written a review, go back and write a review. If you've already written a review then just hit us up on Twitter and like... You still count. You, you still count. You can still enter this contest. But it is going to be a contest because when we get... We're at 14 now. When we get to 20 reviews, not not just 20 ratings. We want 20 reviews, 20 written reviews. We are going to give away a copy of Most Wanted by Ray Carson, the uh, young adult Han and Kira book that just came out uh, in tandem with the Solo movie. So, which
2: we're going to read later. Which we're going to read later this
1: year. So, so if you want to get ahead of the game, if you want to get a free book, an awesome free book from a wonderful author and Ray Carson, read and review and subscribe to the podcast, particularly on iTunes, and you have a chance to win.
0: Chris, are we counting if they rate and review on the MegaFeed too? No. Okay. I'll,
1: also <laughs> do that, but we need also more reviews.
0: <laughs> You can just
2: copy pasta from what you put on ours, also put it on the mega feed. We say this because it really helps other people find the pod. We're not just being narcissistic assholes. We love for new people to find the pod because it's how we find friends. We don't have any.
1: Yes. Also, (laughs) I also want to say, it doesn't (laughs) need to be a glowing review. If you have like, Issues that uh, like
2: five stars only is... no, but then write, but then write your stuff yeah. review. but five stars only no well like no no if no. you
1: if you have things about the show that you would like To like see us do that you think we could do better. We encourage you to leave that in the review We also encourage you to you know hit us up on Twitter because that's probably a more immediate way to Help us get the message so we can make this podcast even better, but All all reviews are welcome except for trolling ones from Rebel Force Radio fans who I may have pissed off this week. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah,
0: also like- you still didn't get blocked. Yeah. Oh my god. Because white man.
1: They only block women of color.
0: No, no. See, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to, you know, we're we're a little bit trying to be narcissistic, but also, come on, man. We're giving you free shit. Like, give, give, throw us one here, guys. We are
1: giving you free shit. We want you to help us. Help other people discover the show, so we can all be friends and talk about a Star Wars.
2: Yay! So, what if you guys find new friends, what if, what if you find a friend or a lover from this endeavor, then what?
1: You, you could be the next viral Twitter story about meeting a rando and going on a first date and then getting doxxed.
0: That want could to die. be you. I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the internet. Oh so my much. god, no one <laughs> is going to enter this giveaway now. They don't even care about the free shit.
2: Please, my porg would like you to do it. He's sitting here.
1: We will send you, we will post pictures of both Hamlet and Kristen's porg on the Instagram. As you sent us reviews.
0: Do you want to see my stuffed animal collection, guys? It's pretty expensive. Though. Yep, we can do that too. So, yes. Anyway,
1: we've beaten this into you the ground. You said
2: extensive, but I thought you said expensive, and I was like, yeah. Both. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, we've beaten this into the ground. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes to win a free book. Keeks is dying in the background. In the meantime, if you have the means and are so inclined, donate to Touch Station Radio uh, on Patreon. Give us coffee, coffee.com slash pod. Uh, again, uh, thanks to at Celestial Intent for giving us coffee last week and providing you all with a Hamlet picture on the gram. If you want more of that, you know how to do it. Our theme song is Whizbang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kristen, somewhere, for Kate, and for myself, thank you for listening to this very off-the-rails episode of the Book Wars pod, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Bye. Okay, uh, sorry, there's a moth.